Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the Booth. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the f***ing club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music. Girls, let's go. Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> I'm missing the most important part. Boys in the face, yes. We should throw like a crazy like bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. I finished it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing? Just wait, you know it kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, yo, what is good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today, we have another special interview. Sherman the Booth 223 features fellow podcaster and dance music reporter Olivia Mancuso. I've known Olivia for a few years and I've always been impressed with her wide array of skills. From her days as a reporter to her entrepreneurial pursuits to interviewing some of the world's biggest dance music acts at EDC Vegas and now her newest project called Elevated Frequencies, a podcast devoted to digging into the real lives of electronic musicians. It's always so much fun having another podcaster on because the conversation is natural and engaging and this one was no exception. Such a blast. Thanks for making some time to come on the show, Olivia, and I'm looking forward to coming on Elevated Frequencies myself. Now let's get into it right now. This is episode 223 with Olivia Mancuso. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sherman the Booth. It is my absolute honor to have a fellow podcaster here, a fellow journalist, uh, and I consider myself a journalist in one way or another, right? You absolutely are. You give it to me? Yeah. Okay, because you actually did it. So if I can get the real right of approval from you, then we're good. But you've had so many episodes of Sherman the Booth. I mean, you're... That's true. Please. 223 right now. I was going to ask. Yeah. That's props to you. 223. This is a grind. Dude. As I'm learning. I, I just... It is. This week, I'll be publishing my 25th episode. Let's just put it that way, okay? And I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, you don't get less tired, Miss Olivia. I got to tell you that. Gosh, yeah, it's been an absolute grind, but I love it so much. Like, and getting back into it recently, and like I said to you before we went live, this is what, like, it's all about. Like, one-on-one connection. Just basically, if I'm hanging out with a friend and we just happen to put mics in front of us, you know? Yeah. It's all about having good conversations. Yeah, it is. We don't we don't have a lot of these anymore. It's no. all diluted through social media and yeah. online. True. You know? Isn't it crazy how big podcasts are now though? Like I feel like people were talking about them for years and like I've been doing it seven years now. And even when I started, I felt like I was a little bit behind the ball because some of the biggest mm-hmm. ones have been around for ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. But now everybody has a podcast. Like political candidates are going on podcast tours. I know. To like get their name out there. It's the new, it, not new, but it's the newest form of media that I think actually carries weight. Yes. You know that people are looking to. They yep. don't want to look to the news mm-hmm. anymore. You know, it's either short form content or yep. podcast turned yep. into short form content for yep. social. So true. Yeah. I mean, this is a real authentic conversation. And like as a young American, you know, not to even get political about it, but like 
that's where I want to hear people be real. Like, I don't want to hear yeah. your speech. I don't want to hear your prepared lines that somebody else wrote for you. Like, right. if you're anyone in entertainment or politics, like, I like you because of the real you. Absolutely. You know I, what I mean? So the first podcast that I ever really got into, I actually, so I got into listening to podcasts when I was a news reporter. Yeah. Because I would be in the car all the time going to stories. Yeah. And um, the first podcast I ever listened to was Bill Burr's podcast. Nice. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. But I always said, listen to his podcast where he just riffs and he just talks. Yes, and yes, he's the yes. real him. And his yes. show has changed so much over the years. True. Um, but that's where I got to know him as like a real person. And I was yeah. like, this is so cool. I feel like I really know this man. Yeah. And it's not good to develop a parasocial relationship with a famous person <laughs> by any means. But I was like, like I, I have been obsessed with him for a while and it's because of his podcast, mm -hmm. not be, not because of his standup or anything else he's yeah. done, even though that's great too. Oh, for sure. The comedians have the best podcast. Because yeah, they do. Comedians, it's one of like, I really respect like comedians and also like musical theater because I consider that to be like one of the hardest performing acts. Mm -hmm. Like DJing has its ups and downs. It's hard to sometimes make a whole crowd happy. Um, if you are anything in entertainment, it can be mm -hmm. really hard to, you know, entertain people just to put it bluntly. But if you're on that stage and you're musical theater, you have to act, you have to sing, you have to dance yep. and it's all live. Yep. Right. And comedians, everyone's got an opinion on what's funny. Right. So when they get up there and they kill it, but you have to be you is the point that I'm trying to make. And yeah. it's like, to bring it all back, like I'm trying to make this podcast as fun as possible and the only way to do that is if I'm having a good time with a guest I 100% agree yeah it's, it's easy the easiest path I think I, I talked my guest about this a lot is mm -hmm. to just be authentically you yeah because if you're trying to do a shtick mm -hmm. or you know follow a trend yeah it's not sustainable yeah so it's really just in your best interest to be yourself why do you think that advice comes out so often is it because we live in such like a fake world because so a lot of the artists that I interview and I'm selective about my guests to kind of fit the certain criteria I talk right. a lot about you yeah, know you manifesting a dream career uh, you know having a healthy mindset yeah. I do I do a lot now about like sober low alcohol living yeah. and um, you know one thing and, and then a lot about creative entrepreneurship sure. and if you're a DJ or producer any type of musician these days trying to make it you have to have a brand yep. you know a lot of people have opinions on that one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, but what we talk about is like the grind of social media and having to create this brand and like do all these things in addition to making music. Mm -hmm. And so what I always tell them is, listen, like do what's natural, do what comes natural to you, because that's going to be a lot less difficult than trying to follow the latest trend on TikTok or, you know, what trending sound is happening this week. Like yeah. I really respect people who can do that mm -hmm. because it's hard. I could never, maybe it's because I'm like an older, I'm not an elder millennial, but like I'm older, <laughs> but I like have elder no interest. Millennial. Yeah. I'm like there, like almost <laughs> in your thirties. I have no interest in trying to keep up with all that. For sure. So I think, I think that's why, that's why I tell people, you know, just be yourself because yeah. it might take a longer time to build an audience. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have longevity. Like trends don't last. They're trends for a reason. Yep. What lasts is the personality that remains the same. Yep. And a, a piece of advice that I give a lot of artists is that may not want to do TikTok, right? Let's just use that as an example. That's fine. I totally respect that. I kind of struggle with it. Like it's not really where my fan base is. I'm lucky that Instagram has been a great place for me to mm -hmm. grow. 
But you have to understand that you've got to find where your fans are and what platform do they live on because that's the interesting thing about social media. YouTube is different than Twitter or X. Uh, TikTok is different than Facebook, right? Yep. But fan bases and fans and people live on all of those, right? We all have our favorite app. And even Snapchat, too. You've seen success with somebody like Dylan Francis who really made that transition over to TikTok right. and Reels. And now they're all kind of one and the same. But even if you don't want to make content, well, how are you marketing your music then? Right. Right? Because you have to market yourself, which could be your music, however you want to do it. Yeah. You ha- you have to. You ha- you have to play the game. You do. So, so, so do it in a way that's the least painful <laughs> that's that's what I you know or hire help to do the rest I yeah mean, that's true I've I hired help for my show mm-hmm. I have a fantastic social media manager who nice. is Instagram gives me agita do you know that like we say that that's an Italian it's a agita heartburn yeah it gives me heartburn I don't know why it's just so stressful for me and yeah. having her manage like the majority of posting my reels mm-hmm. like has reduced so much stress and I know that that's not necessarily feasible for everybody like if you are I mean I'm investing more into a lot of my creative endeavors than I'm profiting at this point yeah that is not feasible for everybody but there are tools there are other Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many automation tools out there for putting captions for just even cutting clips like so many things you can do to you just got to do a little bit of research and set yourself up for success absolutely I'm gonna get in this camera and actually tell people make sure to rewind that outsource people help yourself yes seriously it's, it's like whether it's a a robot an AI robot or a real human dude I started doing that for some of my reels it saves money and it, it like mm-hmm. improves efficiency like AI has been going down yeah and it's right in front of us. Yeah. Oh, I use it for everything. It's the I best. couldn't do I couldn't do half of my work without AI and <laughs> yeah, some right? It really I mean it makes me people think that it's going to replace job, whatever. It has made me it's given me the ability to focus on the high level shit that moves the needle. Yes. I I don't have to worry about like the menial tasks mm-hmm. of my different jobs. Yeah. Because that's been taken care of. Yeah. And that's what really starts to become cumbersome. Mhm. Like I was doing the podcast, I think, up until episode 71, audio only, because mm-hmm. I knew that the jump to video was going to be money, time, yep. legwork, right? And like I said before we went online, I was doing a lot of video editing, so I like I know how to do it, right? I'm in Premiere. I'm editing these. The first time, I'm like, this is fun. This is great. But shit, it took me two or three hours, right? Yep. I got a full-time job. I'm trying to produce this podcast. I'm a person. I'm trying to live my life. Right. And it became very stressful for me. And then I think by episode 80, I started outsourcing it to my current video editor who's based in South Africa. Her name is Suze. I give her a shout out all the time. That's awesome. And we have this great relationship and she makes my life so much easier. That's fantastic. And it just, the quality of your product goes up too when you hire experts to do. like. And that's one thing, Like, this is what I really love about the trend of like content and marketing now is that we're going back to like specialist. I feel like in the corporate mm-hmm. world, they're so focused on generalists like, oh, yeah. you need someone to check these 500 boxes. <laughs> well, that's not how marketing works anymore. Yeah. And I love that there are like job, like you can create a job for yourself that's I just do XYZ and yep. I do it really well. Yep. And when you find someone like that, it's like a total game changer. Yes. That's how I have a fantastic video editor too. And yeah. he is just like once we got brought up to speed, we speak the same language now. Yeah, like yeah. there's, it's just smooth sailing for sure. 
you it's can't great. do it on your own. You shouldn't have to. Like in in the music world, I call it the music economy, tr- contributing to the music economy. Mm-hmm. You as an artist can try and do it all, but those those little molehills are gonna feel like mountains. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and a lot of the creative process will start too, because you're like, I don't even want to do this because I know what I have to do after this. Right. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you and you bog yourself down yep. with all that BS that that you could be outsourcing. Yeah, for sure. And I think for a lot of artists out there, they need to outsource content as much as they can. Yep, because it's not going to go away. Yeah, or even any creator, right? Like you're you're an amazing creator, and Thank I you. love hearing that you are like just doing as much as you can to get off your plate within mm-hmm. financial reason, and still focusing on your content and your product, and making sure that like everybody in your team is on the same page with that. Yeah, I mean, I want. Whoever is paying me, whether it's a brand that I'm yeah. doing a brand deal with or mm-hmm. whatever, I want them to get the best of me. Yeah. And they're not going to get the best of me mm. if I am spreading myself too thin. Yeah, wow. And it's a, a mindset shift yeah. for creatives. Uh, one, because a lot of creative people want creative control over every aspect of their work. That's yeah. the first thing you have to let yeah, go of. Yeah, yep, yep. You know, you're not going to find somebody who's going to do things exactly the way you would do them, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. If it's good enough mm-hmm. or good in its own right, yeah. you have to just be okay with that. Yeah. And uh, you also have to understand that like time is money and you can't expend your energy on <laughs> yep. things that aren't going to move the needle. So that's true. like, that's why I always talk about like how I think hustle culture is bullshit. Cause it's mm-hmm. for me, it's I'm taking aligned action. I'm not hustling. I'm taking aligned action towards something, meaning yeah. I am taking action that is in alignment with the end goal, which is making an impact, making money, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the rest gets put on to somebody else. And then that person is also taking aligned action because yeah. they're a video editor and that's what they love to do. Yeah. Put, produce great video. But like I said, it's a mindset shift. You have to yeah. learn that this, you have to kind of step into that. Yeah, for and sure. It's hard for people. I get it. Like they don't, they don't want to relinquish, you yeah. know, part of their end product. Yeah, because especially as a creator, we're we're proud of it, right? Like, yeah, there's artists and there's entrepreneurs, and artists are people that see the project through, and then there are entrepreneurs that kind of bog down and, and muddy the waters for people that are like, oh, you just do this and you go on to the next thing, you do this and go on to the next thing, and that's kind of the world we live in too, mm-hmm. with like just social media and our short attention spans and. Yeah. It's it's can be a lot. It it can be. There's there's um a balance. I it's just to, I feel I feel for uh DJs, producers, any type of artist right now mm-hmm. because I know it's you want to focus on your craft. Yeah. And can't. you can't cuz all the time cuz you have so many splintered like, yeah. you know, focus like focus issues of all this other stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, what well, can you can't you can complain about it. It's not going to change anything. So find a way to make it work for you. Yeah, for sure. And you've interviewed a lot of artists on a, a deep level, on a, a short-term level. First off, I want to give you mad props. I, I know I'm going to continue to give you mad props. You deserve it. But like, I know you hustled to get that insomniac opportunity. Your Thank new you. podcast, Elevated Frequencies, is amazing. It's so different. And you really talk about the human aspect of being an artist rather than like the top level stuff, which I kind of fallen into like, tell me about the inspiration behind this song. Like, and that's fine. And that's fun to talk about, but like, you're like getting into it, dude. Like the real realities of being an artist and like separating from like, well, I'm also a person too. Thank you. And how do they coincide and how do they, you know, cross over? Well, there's, 
first of all, there's a huge need for what you do. And I love that yeah. you being an artist yourself, you get to connect. Like for that's, sure. that's like a, like therapy. I feel like in a way, just to like <laughs> talk, to talk for, both ways, like to just yeah. be able to riff on like the craft and mm-hmm. like give, you're giving artists a platform to talk about a piece of art they created. Yes. And that's huge. Cause that's not a thing really in our music industry like you get that in pop you get that in rock you don't get that with electronic music with house and techno and so like you're you're giving them a great opportunity you have a great audience and for me you know I'm not a musician I know what I I love I I I think I have a good ear like I really appreciate like I always tell my friends like come over so I can watch you DJ like we have decks (laughs) I will just sit there and watch you and just like be happy like I can do that for hours but I'm really interested yeah, and getting to know, like, my whole reason for starting Elevated Frequencies was these artists that I value their work so much and, mm-hmm. you know, going to their shows, like, makes my month and hearing their new music makes my week. Yeah. I would love to get to know more about them. And mm-hmm. the same way you're asking them questions, I feel like they don't get asked the type of questions I ask it's either. It's a genuine curiosity. That's where it's coming from, yeah. for sure. I think you're definitely right on that aspect. Yeah. 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 But what you're doing to me is different because, again, to go back into it, it's you. Like, you may not be an artist, but you also are a fan who wants mm-hmm. to learn more about them and where they came from. And I think that's what happens for me, too. Like, you're right. What's different about us is we're not just the third party journalist or interviewer that just has these questions that they don't know anything about the person. Right. They ask the questions and they move on. That's not fun for anybody. Right. You know? Right. And I do try to keep a healthy level of curiosity. Like, mm-hmm. if you. I have my favorite artists, but even if I put one of my favorite artists on the show, I wouldn't know every single song. Yeah. I'm not pretending to like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I, I keep a healthy level of curiosity because yeah. um, it's exciting to like learn things about artists that I never knew. Mm-hmm. And the best compliment I I get is when they're like wow I can't believe you got that out of me I don't even know like I was in a trance how did I end up saying that, that is and I'm the like best. yeah because it just means that they're opening up and they're comfortable and like that's the best feeling in the world how do you do that and I'm curious because I have my own strategies especially producers a lot of whom can be a little bit more distant that their language is their music sometimes right yeah you don't have to name any names but have you had any tough starts to an interview because like you need them to get comfortable especially remotely Yes, remotely is really tough. Yeah, it is. It's a totally different game. And I've had tough starts, but not because the artist wasn't like they were hostile or anything. They're sure. just shy. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. so sweet. And, um, you know, like this is kind of like a manipulative thing, but <laughs> people are uncomfortable with silence and they will try to fill it. Yes, okay. They will. And so that's kind of, that's something I've been doing since the, you know, olden days of when I was a reporter right. on, you know, for regular news. But other than that, just really like giving them, you have to give them the space to open up yeah. and not just like come in hot with like aggressive questions. For sure. Um, you know, always make people feel good, but be genuine about it. Like, yeah. One of my favorite artists, and I can't believe I got to interview him, is Josh Butler. And yeah, I, I say, saw that. It was a great interview. He is, a, he is shy and <laughs> sweet, so sweet, like unbelievably just like yeah. gentle soul. And like I – fan like that was one of the only interviews like ever where I've like fangirled a little bit. Hell yeah. That I was like, oh my God, it's like coming out and I can't stop myself <laughs> from saying this. And I think that actually helped him like open up because I told him one of my favorite um, – one of my favorite songs or a couple of my favorite songs when he's like, really, you like that? He's like, yeah, I made that back in 2014 and it just uh-huh. got him thinking and talking. So 
you know, you kind of, every situation is different. Yeah. But, but, and if they don't open up, that's okay too. You have to have the professional know-how to kind of just keep the interview sure. moving along. Yeah. And uh, try to keep it as as not awkward as possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, then how do you do it at a very high level quickly at a festival like EDC? That was crazy. There's a lot. I think what, first of all, you're in person and they, yeah. a lot of those artists just got off uh, playing, like they just played their set. So they're like buzzing in a good mood, <laughs> for sure, for which, sure. ha- which actually helped. Yeah. You know, I interviewed earlier in the day, some of the artists that were like opening and they've never been interviewed before. Like these are like yeah. very brand, brand new artists. Right. And that was like, you know, I didn't really post that content. I sent it to them. I'm like, hey, like use this or whatever. Um, But man, I think everybody, because, you know, they're primed by like the Insomniac team. Like for sure. It's kind of like an like an agreement. Like, I don't think most of them wanted to do the interview. Yeah, of course. They have to do it. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's goodwill or whatever. I I like that Insomniac takes that initiative, though. Yeah. The fans want to see that. Yeah, yeah, they do. No, it was it was really cool. Um, that was like a surreal opportunity, and you know, I, I think I maybe I told you the story. I don't know. I no, um, tell the story. This is so Chicago of you, by the way, fucking hustler. Thank you. Um, so I remember I was like on the treadmill one day, and I was watching an interview with a Boris Brecha, and it was like mm-hmm. in German. And I'm watching the, the... You were watching with English subtitles? Yeah, of course. This is I, what you do on the treadmill? Yes, I do, it is actually, 100%. That it is distracting. That watch or watching videos, Real like. Housewives, one or the other. Wow, um, classy lady. Yeah, very. Um, and so <laughs> I was watching and I texted my husband. I was like, hey, listen, I want to be an interviewer for Insomniac. I don't even fucking know if that's a thing, but I'm going to find out. Mm-hmm. And so I like <laughs> sat on it for a couple of days, marinated on it, yep. started journaling about it. Nice. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to put together a audition tape. And wow. I basically said in this audition tape, hey, my name's Olivia. Like, l- just humor me for one minute here. And I promise you can get back to your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my credentials. I was a TV news reporter. I like house and techno. You should hire me in a nutshell. And I showed like all this, you know, footage of, um, you know, me and my reporter days, just kind of show them like, I'm not some weirdo. (laughs) And I sent him an email and I talk about like the art of a good email a lot on my show and just in general. And the email subject line said, open to this question mark. And, um, they got, I sent it at like 8.50 a.m. on a Monday and they got back to me like an hour later. Oh. And I was like, I almost fell to the floor. It was so cool. It was so (laughs) cool. And I was like, I can't believe this worked. And they're like, actually, yeah, we were talking about hiring somebody. So like, we're going to put you in touch. And then it just snowballed from there. That's awesome. I mean, just like go, like you People are worried about like, you know, I'm going to spend all this time putting something together, a good pitch, and then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But you sharpen your skills every time you do that. I've sent other videos like that. Like I just sent one to Beatport. Fuck yeah. And it's unlisted on YouTube and it has 10 views. So I know somebody's looked at it. (laughs) They haven't gotten back to me and that's fine. Yeah. But it just, it sharpens your skills. So like you just got to go for shit, you know? You're selling yourself too. And I love that, by the way. That's so fucking dope. And I Thank did the you. same damn thing with the Amsterdam Dance Event. I was going to say, I was looking at your page today. That is so cool. Yeah. Panels. Yeah, dude. That's where it's at. That is where it's at. There's like, so much fun. I, that's, some, that's where I thrive, yeah. too. Like, I love that. Like, 
if I can have the conversation with people and then look at it on the crowd and like, because yep. it's it's a little bit of everything I love. Like I mentioned, stand up comedy. I can't do stand up comedy, but I can certainly entertain a crowd with yeah. a mic, and I love that. That's yeah. where I get energy. And I went to ADE last year, and I'd always wanted to go because it's like very uh, business oriented. Right. I mean, it's so cool. You would love it. It's on my bucket. My brother and I just did like a joint episode. It's yeah. coming out on Thursday, and we talked about why. Why isn't there one besides WMC in America? Well, dude, you know WMC like barely has it together. I know. They, I know. They were supposed to have it the past two years. And, and it has, they're up. saying it's going to, it is so needed. We, we talk about this in, in my episode. Yep. All the networking here yep. in the United States happens behind, backstage <laughs> of festivals. And that creates silos. And it's silos. like the worst type of networking too. Oh, Yeah. It's like, so who do you know? Unless you're standing next to someone that they know, it's like. Oh, my God. Everybody's. The worst. A jerk. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't do it online because they look at your follower count and who <laughs> follows you. So there is no purposeful yeah. place where you can say, we are all here for business and we are all open to networking and yes. getting to know each other. Not yes. saying, like, you got to sign a deal on the spot. Yep. But it also brings in professionals like you, yep. like me, yep. people who want to be managers. Yep. Or agents, like Dude, why do we not have lawyers, publishers, distributors? Right. That are, exactly, it's and it blows my mind that we don't have it yet here. Dude, I honestly, coming back from that and thinking about how valuable it is, like I thought about maybe just trying something small in Chicago. We could talk about that more. We should because I would be it, so like it would be pretty easy. Like, yeah. I mean, organizing it would be a lot of work, obviously, but I think there's a demand for it. And like, 100%. if you think about what's going on with like ARC too, like how it's bringing in a big international audience, right. it doesn't have to be that weekend, but there's a demand for One, it. 100%. And and everybody what, wants to make it in America, dude. Yeah. And what better place to do it than the home of house? Straight like, I'm, up. Getting, I'm getting chills because I'm just what thinking I, about that, it. That's what I was saying. Yeah, they just think about how many doors that could open for people. So many. Because you really like, you. nobody wants to too. network. Man, this shit's... It's a it, good idea. It it really is. It is a good idea. I mean, that that's how you like democratize it too. Yeah. Because nobody wants to network in a club, and if you're not at yep. certain somebody's table, you're not on stage with the DJ. Like yeah. I said, nobody's gonna bat an eye at you. No, and that's why, gonna... dude. I started this podcast because I thought that that's how you network. I thought that you go up to the DJ while they're fucking DJing and be like, <laughs> "Hey, what up? I want a DJ." You know, it's like that's not how it goes. In mm -hmm. fact, that's the worst way to go about it. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to start a podcast. I'm just going to start interviewing people in Chicago. And I made a lot of great friendships and relationships totally. and connections. And fuck, I've almost interviewed everybody in Chicago, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's been so rewarding for me. And then when you go to a place like Amsterdam Dance Event, it's almost like a constant podcast interview. But it's really fun because right. everyone is open to networking. That's the and thing. there was hardly any red tape, like especially at the actual conference. I mean, the fact what really I thought was amazing was the fact that they always leave room for Q&A, right? That's great. So the first panel that I went to was called How, uh, How to Make It in America. And it had uh, this guy, Ben Spritz, who's like a big agent at Wasserman. He represents like Green Velvet and Azeka and Gorgon City and like really big house artists, right? An international guy who lives in Nashville and then two like people in publishing and then another guy who was like a manager as well, right? Yeah. And everybody was like, well, how do we make it in America? Like straight up, you know, like right. what's different about it? Like what's going on in the house music scene? And that was the whole talk of That's... AD last year. Wow. And I told them like I was trying to network with people at AD because like I was like, I said to my buddy, I was like, I'm going to do this one day. 
Yeah. And he was like, you will for sure. Because I was asking fucking questions every single time. Every yeah. panel, every guest. I asked Hardwell two questions because That's people dope. didn't know what to ask. Right. And, I and was you're like, like ready. I I'm mean, like, hey, Hardwell. And I was yeah. like, he was like, hello. And I was like, <laughs> That's what? doesn't it kind of, yeah doesn't it kind of stun you for that's how I felt doing the insomniac thing I interviewing can't help it. interviewing some artists I was like out of body experience I'm like <laughs> watching myself I'm like holy oh my god I know that's yeah. but that's so cool congratulations yeah. on that thank I mean, you that's like and they found value in it too yeah that's they were like, like no we get it because like oh, that makes amazing. sense and it was this the panel was the U S and tech house the U S tech house and house scene what's in it for you. Yeah. Right. So it's like a it's a good subject line for an email. Yeah. And that is it was a they put us in like the top floor in a room that could hold like maybe like 40 or 50 people. And it was like fucking packed. And there was a line to talk to us afterwards. I got chills again. Great question. I'm so lame. Like that kind of stuff gives me chills because it's so exciting. It was so exciting. That is where stuff happens. Absolutely. those, those, Those are the places. And, you know, like like harping on it, but, you know, everyone's open to it and yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody out like at a party scene or at a festival and they're yeah. like, they get my info and they're like, I want to talk to you about doing, you know, X, Y, Z. And I know I'm like, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, I don't even, I don't even like, I just give them my card and be like, oh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, but you, you know, it's not. You, yeah. yeah. I know you got cards. I have cards. You know I got cards. Yeah. 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 Let's exchange cards. Yeah, we should. This. We should. I spent a lot of money on these. It's like <laughs> my logo. So it's like my logo and they're die cut, Fuck which means yeah. like, you know, so my logo is like the two records with right. like the eye in the middle. Yep. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on them, so yeah. But I know they they you just, need to put them to good use. They go in the washing machine, I'm sure. Oh, Every shit. time I have yeah, one out at the club, yeah, but it's probably. fine. It's fine. It's you know, That's okay. it's part of the game. It is part of the game. Wow, good. To, nice to meet another person with business cards. I know. We might be the only two people left. Damn near, yeah. But that's how you do it. They're still a thing for a reason. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I did. I went to. Um, the Rituals Halloween party nice. last weekend. Oh, Always the props best. to them. They're just. Is it still at fa- Garfield Park Conservatory? No, they had it at Epiphany Church. Oh. Which was super cool here in the West Loop. Holy shit. Super cool event. Wow. And so I was a pirate. Nice. Cop. I have a broken toe right now. <laughs> you? So I do. <laughs> and so I was like, it's funny because it's like a oh, peg leg or whatever. <laughs> And then I also had a sty last week. Have you ever had one of those? Yeah, they yeah. suck. Yeah, so like I actually wore an eye patch because it was like perfect. Like okay. sty, peg leg. Great Besides job. Besides the point, I had these little coins made with my logo on it because mm-hmm. I'm extra. Mm-hmm. And I forgot <laughs> that I had them and my husband, Freddie, just started yeah. throwing them around the place. He's nice. like, hopefully people pick these up, you know? <laughs> so you got to like, you know, you got to, it's guerrilla marketing, I guess. I love that. Got to do what you can. <laughs> Hustler. A hey, shout out to your hubby too. Fred's the man. He he really is. Thanks for that appetizer and free drink, man. <laughs> he makes me look better because he's so nice, you know. How did you guys meet? Bumble. Did you? Yeah. Isn't it crazy how many people have actually met and I then know. got married? I know. Is that how you met your wife too? No, I met no. my wife in high school actually. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. That's old school. But I have a lot of friends that met their wives or partners on uh, Tinder and Bumble. Yeah. Well, I was, so I was living in South Florida at the time okay. in Naples. That's where I was reporting out there. And um, he was the only guy in Bumble that wasn't holding a fish up in his profile <laughs> picture. So I knew automatically, I was like, this guy's not from here. So I will pick. He's not from here. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that looks like a good match for me. And uh, yeah, he's from New York, but he was living yeah. there like cooking. He was a chef and he was doing six months there and six months in New York. So okay. yeah, I wasn't into wow. the whole fish in the profile picture. Thing. Yeah, that's a thing. 
Gosh. It is. And then, so you met him in Florida, and then you guys lived in New York together? No, we moved here. I mean, okay. I would have loved to live in New York, but... Yeah. If like you you'd put... kill it there. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's definitely, like, that's my pace. I would love to be out there. It's a great but city, it's man. So fr- it's so expensive. I know. It's hard to live there. Well, you, you earn it. You really do. And, like, you have to deal with a lot, like, a lot. Like, we have worse yeah, winters, do. technically, but, like, <laughs> the, the it's tough. The fucking Manhattan flooded however many weeks ago. Yeah, fa- yeah, that's right. Right. They, <laughs> they definitely are more going. prone to natural disasters. They really are. Yeah. It You're literally like, could be on fire and people would still be like, all right, I got to get a cab. I got to head I, down to Brooklyn right now. It's I like, know. dude. And that's too much. Yeah. That's pushing it. But I do love it. I had hoop dreams of living there. My dad was born in Queens and my aunt and uncle lived oh, on really? the Upper West Side for 40 years. My cousin lived there for a long time. No kidding. Yeah, I love New York. I've been there yeah. like 15 times. Yeah. Um, Freddie was born in Queens too. Really? Yeah. Bayside? Where at? Um. Uh. Oh, God. You're... We've been married for four years and I can't remember. That's okay. It's a little confusing, honestly. I forget. But he has, so he has, he has Queens tattooed like right here. Like Does on his he? Leg. Yeah, he got it when he was like 16. And <laughs> when we first started dating, we've been dating for six years. Uh-huh. Or together for six years, married for four. Okay. Took him to his first ever drag show and he was wearing shorts and they got pulled up a little bit. We were sitting in the front row and this drag queen was like, Queens. She's like, yeah, you're a huge supporter, aren't you? Uh, and, he's, and he was so he was so confused and he got pulled up on stage. And I, I loved every minute of it. Oh, my god. He was gosh. he was into it. Core memory. Good. Yeah. Yeah. How early on in the relationship was that? A couple months. Perfect. He was into it, though. Yeah. Now he's been to plenty of drag shows. Drag right? shows are so much fun. So, they're a blast. And it's really like fun when your friend hasn't been and they're uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah, for He's, sure. No, but like, let's he had a, break out of that shell, man. Yeah, it was perfect. He's He'll, like, do anything, though. Like I said, like, Freddie's just a, a good time guy. Well, you guys, like, love... I you, your, in, your relationship is seems so special to me because you're both, like, really hard workers individually, but it looks like you guys, like, have a lot of the same interests in regards to, like, going out and letting loose and musically. Thank you, yeah. That's special for a partner, right? I think... I uh, well I, before I say this, so does your wife? Does she is she into the music? She loves it, but she doesn't like going out to the clubs and shit. That's fair. Yeah, I'm definitely like aging out. Not I don't want to say aging out, but it's yeah. becoming more like laborious to yeah, go. Right. But I think that when you love this music, like you have to find a partner that loves this music too. You definitely do because it's so different. Like I don't want to sound like world, some man. like you know like hipster, but it's just like it's special. <laughs> like it's a special type yes. of music. Yeah. And there's so much of it to explore and like his taste and my taste have grown together great it's interesting you know like we go through all these phases and i like some stuff that we liked like five years ago i'm like oh that's not really our vibe anymore you know and you and you grow i mean that's why i love this music because there's so much to explore yeah there's always another layer yeah and you'll like it's stuck it's more difficult for you doing your podcast in person yeah uh, because people have to be here, but like I'll never run out of guests being virtual, you know. Oh, I've done the you, remote thing. I just yeah. did a remote interview last week. Yeah, honestly. yeah. So like we'll never run them. out of guests because they're so. No, I'll never like, run out. And of this guests. is not a like a criticism. Like yeah. I love how many artists there are. Like yeah, for sure. As a, I know that's tough. As as an artist, you have a lot of competition. But for yeah. me, as the consumer, I'm like, give me yeah everybody. Yeah, it'll never end. Yeah, there's always more entering the market too. I know. Something like 40,000 songs get uploaded to Spotify every day. Somebody else just told me that. Yeah. That's bananas. It's it's pretty nuts. And that just goes back into like so much of being an artist these days, especially a producer, is like it's so daunting. 
Because there's actually really, truly talented people out there that don't know how to market themselves. And then there's really, truly untalented people that are very good at marketing themselves. Yeah, or have the resources. Someone like your brother who's like a really fucking good producer. Mm -hmm. Really fucking good. And I mean that, Jonah, like he is. You know what I mean? And like one of my friends, I consider him to be the most talented musician I know. He's the greatest piano player, right? But he's a lawyer. He was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to get into music, man. But like, I love it. I play it on my own. And uh, another one of my friends, he's a great guitarist and vocalist. And like, he just is like, it's just too much. You know, I just enjoy the music for the music. And there's people like me that I'm like, well, you should make something out of it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's hard for both parties to understand. It is. And also um, monetizing an art form. (laughs) Yeah is difficult and it also like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance like I always Mm -hmm. tell artists and this is advice I take myself like have a creative hobby that you don't monetize yeah just for the sake of creating I agree with that I I have like I'm a big like crafter nice like I just crafts like I just picked up like um like making like preserved moss art. Okay, okay. that's like weird. Um, <laughs> what else do I do? I do a lot of flower arrangements, which is a very expensive hobby, but fun. Okay. Um, especially because like they die. Like you yeah, know, that's but, sad. But, yeah. But you know, just something that you can like pour your creative energy into, but yeah. you, there's no pressure of like ma- making it into something. You know. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, I have the I just had this kind of similar conversation with our friends from Boston this week. They have their jobs, and um, we were just kind of talking about like, TV shows and things like that. And they were like, they asked me, like, like, sure. I'm like, what do you, what do you do on a weekday, on a Wednesday? I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of like sixty things. You know what I mean? Logistics. And, <laughs> I work logistics all day. I come home. I work on music. I have the podcast. I prepare for a show. Like, yeah. I, that was like a, everything's was, work. Is right. that what you're saying? Yes. And you're yeah. kind of like making me realize, like, yeah, I do take time for myself. And that's important. And I've made that a big thing. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's why I got into music in the first place, because I really just enjoyed it. You know, like right. it was a creative passion for me. Right. And I got to like music is like what makes me happy. Totally. Like at my core, all types of music. And I yeah. love, you know, you can catch me at a Dave Matthews concert. You can catch me at Travis Scott in the GA. You could catch me at Front Road Spy Bar for right. Josh Butler. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like all of those experiences. And so I actually think like going to shows, I try to get back into it. Right. Just enjoying it as a fan. Totally. It is a, a creative release for me because I do get to go. And I used to be kind of like, I don't need to be at a show unless I'm furthering my brand or some shit. Yeah. Stop taking myself too seriously. That's a bit. That's a big one. You know? Yeah. So just going out and enjoying the fact that I live in Chicago and appreciating that. Right. Like all the amazing music that comes through here that's not necessarily just dance music. Right. No, like you know anything. I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I love going to blues clubs. Yep. Big Me blues too. Family. I yeah. love blues clubs. Blue Chicago, Kingston Mines, Hell Taylor yeah. Street Tap. Blues is amazing. That's like a really nice palate cleanser, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like it when is. you've had too much dance music, you know, I, I love doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's like, so, you know, you know this better yeah. than I do. Growing your podcast, it takes time and growing your brand takes time. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, I don't know, it can get, it can get uh, stressful and like, you can get discouraged easily oh, for sure and so you just got to keep going and yep. one thing so i'm like a big vision boarder i like to vision board and crafty always exactly crafty 
and I do them like quarterly. I do them every three to four months. Okay. And like, they always have like career oriented stuff on it. And yeah. I decided the last time I did it, I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing everything I'm doing, but I'm not going to like actively seek out growth opportunities. Yeah. I am going to use this time to read books, rest, do other creative things. And I read like, I, I read like 10 or 12 books in like three months. Good for you. Fun books. Not okay. like personal development, not like anything you don't career check me related. As a World Just, War Two novelist. No, no, <laughs> like fun, like whatever, like stuff about plants and like. Yeah. I read this book on like Italian witchcraft, like Fuck just, yeah. just, just like fun, fun shit. And that was um, fact. That was fact or fiction, right there. That was real. Italian what the Italian, the Italian witchcraft? Yeah, very facts. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean. I want to read it. I. I'll give it to you. It's great. There's some exchange great... cards. I'll take it. Okay, perfect. There's <laughs> some great spells in there and all different sorts of fun stuff you can do with herbs. Is that how you got Fred? Yes. <laughs> you no. read this book a long time ago. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, that that was easy. I didn't need to do anything. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. I, you know, girls probably held up fishes in their profile. Fishes? He was like, fish. thank God. Fish. That I sounded fish. fish. Yeah. Fishies. Fishies. It, yeah. Fishies. Yeah. It can't be yeah. plural. Fishies. No. 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 No fishies in my profile picture. No. But like, I just needed to take time to just chill and not. Yeah, dude. Not. Because you can get so focused on it that you're like, mm-hmm. like, it's just, I don't know. It's all consuming. And yeah. there's other things to tend to. Dogs, relationships. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't get lost you in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Things that make you whole. Like I try and I work very hard in a lot of aspects of my life and I hold myself to a higher standard and that can be a good thing and that can also be a bad thing because, man, I have those days where I read a little bit, I exercise, I got some air, I didn't look at fucking Instagram or I didn't really look at a screen too much and I can just feel clarity in my brain. Yes. You know? It's so fulfilling. Like it analog really fun. One big thing that changed my life, and like I tell people to do this all the time, mm-hmm. is don't look at your phone for an hour when you wake up. Yes. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb before I go to bed, and yep. I'm not looking at it yep. for an hour. Even if that means you have to wake up earlier, just do it. Mm-hmm. And I have like my little morning routine of like watering my plants, or like yeah. I'll save like a chore from the night before and mm-hmm. just do that. Like yep. something that's like low dopamine and like eases me into the day. Yes. It's so important because when you're looking at a screen all day, like you don't realize you. how much that stresses you out. Oh, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, for me too. I look at three screens uh, by 7.30 a.m. usually, and I'm multitasking with my phone and my laptop. Yep. And I'll take an hour off to go on a walk or work out or something, and then I'm right back to it, and then I'm back home, and I'm on a call, or I'm looking at a computer, or I'm looking at a fucking CDJ screen. It doesn't matter what the screen yeah, is. My life right. is screens, dude. That's a lot of screens. It's a lot of screens, and I actually I love uh, hiking and backpacking, and that's something that I really want to make sure that I'm like doing for myself. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. Yeah. There's so. so much, and like, you will find that – when you step away and do activities like that, whether it's hiking, crafting, there's like problem solving in that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get personal development benefit yes. out of doing something that's not like consuming like, you know, like yes. hustle culture content or whatever. Oh like God. I like you will find life lessons in hiking. Like there's problem solving, there's Absolutely. challenges, physical, mental. Yeah. Like figuring out where to go like it's, it's not necessarily huge. relaxing to be honest no it's not but it's engaging and you it keeps disconnect. you sharp yeah yeah like it really like it, it it's 
I'm scared. Like I'm scared. Like I sound old saying this too, but like I'm scared <laughs> for like young people who Me too. we were the last we're the same age like we were the last generation to at least grow up half our lives without i didn't have a cell phone till Me too. till high school and i wasn't allowed to use it unless it was to call my parents because that yeah. shit was expensive yeah that's you know? true i talked to uh somebody recently about that as well where it was like when text messaging came around yeah and my mom like after the first three months or something she was like matt You've sent 2,000 text messages. Oh my your God. brother has sent 200. I've sent 50. Your dad has sent two. Yeah, Who right. are you texting? Oh, my God. You sound like, like my mom. I'm like, yeah. mom, like, I'm texting my friends. This is right. what we do. Right. I know. It, it's so funny. Is, but That was the beginning of it, That though. was it. I know. And now think about how many you send a day. Oh. Like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. But yeah, like, it's crazy. I remember like when we had the phones, it was like free after nine or whatever. Like that's when we could mm-hmm. use it. And the, and the computer yeah. that was in the basement, you had to run the, the thing, the, the Ethernet. Dial- yeah, yeah, to yeah. all the way upstairs. Like it was a it was a task. So you really had to make sure that like this is what you wanted to do. And um, <laughs> it's like smoking a cigarette versus a jewel, man. Like one of them, you really got to work hard to do. The other one, I can just do it wherever the fuck I am. That's hilarious. You smoke a jewel? <laughs> no, fuck no. Oh, I don't good. do either of them. I, I but I feel like if people cigarettes. are going to smoke a fucking jewel, they might as well smoke a goddamn cigarette, honestly. I yeah, I don't know facts. what's worth for you. They're both. I used to smoke cigarettes in college. I quit in 2014. Good for you. Yeah. I, I had quit. a little cigarette phase, too. Yeah, we all, I think. I just, you just kind of smoke cigs. It know? was fun. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. It was a good time. And, here, yeah. and you know, I missed the jewel phase, thank God, because that's what everybody said. Like, oh, this will help me, like, Dude, quit smoking. Are, so many bad things are in their lives. I know. My brother's only three years younger than me, and I, he feels like he's from a different world sometimes. Yeah. Truly. I mean, we did have, like, four loco. Like, let's not yeah, forget. That like, we definitely Woo! had some things that were not so health conscious. Oh, but. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we really are from a different, like, it's just, it is a different world, truly, because it's like when you've seen the videos where it's like, you ask the kid, how do you hold up a phone? And they're like this. Yeah, right. We do this. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. It's just like, things like that really are yeah. a big difference. I know. It's really, it's really crazy. And like, not to like, I don't want to dunk on like Gen Z or anything, because yeah. like, this problem is across the board. Like, they love millennials, I was though. at they love them they love millennials gen z you th- really that's yeah. your perception i feel like they hate us but i, <laughs> I think, I think they think we're like cute or something i well yeah they but like in a patronizing way that's true <laughs> which all young people do but like so i was at this cool show on sunday called teatro zinzani okay it's like it's a um musical uh so it's like cabaret comedy wow. aerial acts really good it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And like, it was our anniversary. So they upgraded us. We're sitting right in the front. And nice. there was other tables around me of like people older than us, even yeah. texting the oh whole time. God. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like they, they allowed phones and photography and stuff. Sure. So like, but I'm like, there's some, you, first of all, I know how much the front row tickets cost. Cause I didn't buy them. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, they were like like $300 a pop or something. And it's like, you paid $300 to sit here on your phone? <laughs> what is wrong with you? And, yeah. like, I see I, – I, <laughs> I tweeted something about this. And Lucati, who we've become friends mm-hmm. now just through – I'm actually interviewing his brother, Dateless, tomorrow. His um, brother is Dateless? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. God, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. They're both, they're like – They're really they lo- fucking good producers. They're such good producers, and they love to stir the pot on Twitter. So, like, yeah, gr- they do. great guests. Oh, Lucati's the king of he, shit talk he, on Twitter. He is. And so he's 
retweeted me a couple times and added commentary. <laughs> He's like, we're fans of each other. Like of we really like get each other. And um, he he retweeted me because I wish I could pull it up. It was basically like <laughs> something about like if I don't want to be around people. Like, if it's not a um, fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Like, I don't want to be around yeah. people who are fans of house music because they heard a song on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I, like, talked about how, like, I'll see people out and they're, like, on their phones and then they yeah. hear one song they recognize, right? Like, 30 seconds of a drop and then they're back to, like, not having fun. And I said it more succinctly than that. Yeah. But Lucati retweeted me and people were ripping. I mean, I that's what happens on Twitter, though. Yeah, like, that's what you get, on and it, But, like, also people, like, in support or whatever. Yeah. And then it turned into a freaking copypasta on EDM chicago and i'm like god damn it lucati look what you did like i wasn't ready for this level of stardom you spoke the truth but is what you it did. really like i'm noticing going out yeah there are people there who are just on their phones because that's what they know not right and that's like as much as i want this genre to grow and become yeah. mainstream and have like relevancy and like credibility mm-hmm. amongst the whole music community at large yeah this is what happens when you let in the casual fans yep it's okay to be a casual fan if you're present, but if you're yeah. going to shows and taking up space on standing on your phone, like I want to donkey kick you off the dance floor. Dude, I see tweets about that all the time. Like uh, Nostalgics just tweeted about that. Like if you're gonna be front row and just stare and not dance, like get the fuck yeah, out of the it's crowd. Yeah, it's creepy. How is you as a DJ? Like how would oh, you it's like that? Like so see, many times, I'm like weird. I'm like, dude, I know I'm playing a good set right now. Some people are vibing, and you just see people like just they just don't know how to dance. Right. I feel like, or they are just not there. They're on their phones or. It is, and that's kind of the concerning aspect of it all is we're getting older. They're getting younger almost, mm-hmm. it seems like, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, is there an overlap? How do we educate? How can they learn from us and we learn from them maybe in some ways yeah, just to be I don't collaborative be, about like, it? I hate the whole like old head mentality where like, yeah, everything the was better back in my... Frustrating, so yeah. stupid, and yeah. it's, like, it's like so toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the club is a place for a lot of people to release from the hard week they've had it's a place like literally dance and movement is therapy like it's been proven to like help you know with you know mood boosting whatever it's a safe place for a lot of people like what i love so much about like spy bar in particular is you see all different types of people there i had that picture too you got it during lockdown too oh no i printed it out you did framed it Posted it on my Instagram story, tagged Spy Bar, and then coincidentally they were selling it a couple weeks later. Oh my god! That's just saying, funny. just saying. But um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I, I, yeah, I have, I have the receipts to prove it. But anyways, <laughs> I love, I love Spy Bar. I've been going there for a very long time. Me too. And um, you see people of all walks of life there. Yeah, you really do. In harmony, no, no weird shit. It's not like going to like. A top forty club I where will it's say like it does keep out the TikTokers, so it, to speak. It does for yeah. the most part, and like, like that is that is the place where everybody can be themselves yep. and not worry about. Um, like, there's all this discourse on TikTok about why isn't the club the same anymore? It's like, well, everyone's recording you, and you have to have a table, and if you don't, you're not cool. Who gets a fucking table at a spy bar? I mean, no sometimes way. I do, but like to dance to yeah, so you have more room because it's packed. Exactly, that's like the main reason. It's not we're older, to like we can afford it actually. Yeah, on our parents' money. Yeah, right. Right. Well, yeah, Spy Bar has raised the prices of their bottles, though. They I will say. And as somebody who doesn't really drink, like that's a that's a bummer because I yeah. used to just pay. I was like, <laughs> I'll pay just for the seat. Like I don't care, you know. Yeah. I'm getting old. I need to take a load off. For sometimes. sure, I but, respect um, that. But but yeah, I mean that's why I love this type of music because it really, mm-hmm. it's it's a healing place. But let's 
like you said, find a way to educate without patronizing them or like yeah, whatever. If like for sure. show show them the way a little bit, guide yeah, them. Yeah, I know, and it's tough to do because it's hard to connect sometimes with mm-hmm. with the younger generation. We were talking about on the panel in Amsterdam. Um, dance event like how do you actually make it in america and i'm like you really gotta look at who is doing well with the younger market right now right Mm -hmm. like who's going on college tours who's like selling hard tickets what are they doing that's working and unfortunately a lot of that does have to do with their marketing through these social media platforms but their music is very good you look at somebody like disco lines 80% 80% branding, 20% music, but that music is really good, so he's an A-plus artist. Right, he can back it up. Right, exactly. Yeah, I will say, like, I, I saw some interesting discourse the other day about, like, finding that audience that is going to be obsessed with you. Right. Just not necessarily in music, but in general. Yeah. And this this person that I follow on TikTok made a great point that, yes, it's great to have a young audience, and mm-hmm. it's important, sure. but you also want an audience that can buy your shit and can afford it. That is a really so, good point. So too. don't don't rule them out either, mm-hmm. because you know you might have raving fans in the well in clubs. It doesn't really apply because you technically have to be twenty one. Yeah, but you can have raving fans with the college students or whatever. Yeah, as long as they can buy your stuff. The thing about us, like we're in like that primo for sure. Like the thirty year olds, like we finally got some fucking money yeah. now. You know, <laughs> yes. Like, so make sure you're not counting us out like don't disenfranchise the people who can afford to travel to see you oh absolutely you know what i mean completely like that's one of the coolest things now about like you know being established and getting some goddamn respect as a 30 something (laughs) year old getting paid like what you know what we're worth like i can say like hey babe like to my husband do you want to like go see this show in brooklyn next weekend like just take a quick flight you know like so you got to like pay attention to us too. It's, it's both, you know? Absolutely. Which is not like an easy answer, but like. No, there's not an easy answer. And what is interesting about our generation actually is we are having kids a lot later, not having yeah. kids. Right. Uh, moving around a decent amount. Yep. Um, we, I, I, I don't want <clears throat> to say that we got hit the hardest by lockdown. That's not what I mean. I just mean that we were very social people. Then we were held back. Right. And now we're like, fucking let it out. Like, yeah. I, I'm just going to live my life to the Total, absolute fullest. Totally. And I can only speak for myself and all my friends. Well, people who are into dance music, too, like in general, we're, we're, yeah, we're out here. That's like, we're trying to, yeah. yeah. We're, we're trying to, we're out to here. Be, yeah. Yeah. And I definitely have pulled back. I can't, t- <laughs> I can't tell you how many shows that I've been to this past year where I couldn't even stay up for the headliner, which is just <laughs> sad. Like, I'm so disappointed in myself. But I'm on like this major campaign for more daytime events in Chicago. Yeah, dude, I love it, and I love that you talk about mocktails. My life, my yes. wife loves mocktails too. Mocktails are everything. Yeah, everything. Do um, you use marijuana? You THC at all? Yes, but like I'm such a lightweight, so yeah, that's sparingly. Fair. But There's, I'd like to see that type of shit. Yes, I mean, I so I went on like that rant the other day about clubs carrying like canned mocktails because it's literally yeah. like something that someone's like well I just had to get like a virgin whatever I'm like no I'm not oh, gonna that. get I'm not gonna get a bunch of juices yeah, or have I'm the bartender gonna... make that also like, I don't want a fucking Sprite 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so they sell so many canned mocktails now or even like low alcohol. Yeah. I think it's going to happen like it eventually, will. especially because it's accessible now with yeah. the can. You just open it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Charge me 12 fucking dollars. I don't care. You got me there. I <laughs> oh, want it's something. It's 18 for an actual cocktail. So you're saying some money. It yeah. is. But I like, everyone's like, no, I don't want to be charged that much. I don't, I actually don't care. I just want something to have. Like yeah. Arbella, you love Arbella too, right? Of course. One of my favorite places, their mocktails are so good. Yeah, they are. They're like so tasty and they don't taste like just a bunch of sugar water like they do interesting things yep you know it's great to wake up feeling not hungover but i will say like it's harder to stay out late so that's why i'm like on this personal you know oh i'm right there with you dude because we got a job to go back to monday right and so if you have an event that ends at like five or six p.m you know, day party. Like, that's that's so much fun. Funky brunch. Weren't you just there recently? I was, yeah. yeah that's like it's the a ideal blast. event, isn't it? You can, you can let loose and know yeah. that, hey, like, I'm still going to make it home in time for dinner, wind down <laughs> for my sure. show. There's nothing better than that. Nothing. <laughs> in bed. You feel like you cheated the system. You like, do. It really is. My friend, you know Max Wagner, you heard of him? I, yeah, I think he, I He I've started this new thing called Dusk Dance Music. Okay. And the events start at 5 p.m. and I think they end at 9 or 10. Wow. Or he even does earlier if he can. That's it just inc- depends on the time of that's year. That's here in Chicago? In Chicago. I need, I. Yeah, I'll connect you guys. Absolutely. He, he's very, he's in the same boat as you. And I can't tell you how many more people want to come. You know this. Come yeah. to events that are during the day because it's like, I mean, that's the same thing with my wife. She was like, dude, I, like what time do you go on? I'm like one thirty, And that's she's like, insane. I can't do that. Like, no. What time are you going to get there? I'll be like, well, I got to be there at 10. Yeah. She's like, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? And that's like the, I, right. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I you're know. right. Yeah. That's the worst part of it. Cause if you go early, you're kind of just like standing there and you're like, oh my God, let's take Especially if you're if, not getting fucked up. She exa- did, she's on your boat, dude. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And so there's nothing like you really are just waiting and watching everybody else get <laughs> fucked up, which is not fun. And then the alternative is yeah. you stay at home until the last minute, but then you're like, oh my God, I'm home. I'm in my, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no like, way. That's not you're good s- either. You are stuck there, aren't you? Yeah. It's like, I got to get there or I'm not going to go. And if I wait, yep. then I'm definitely not going to go. I mean, I literally, we just, we had tickets to like the Carl Cox like mm-hmm. presents thing at Oris yeah. and it was cool because, well, it wasn't cool that I broke my toe, but like. That's that when was, you broke it? No, no. A couple days before. And okay. so I got to go into the, you know, ADA section. Nice. I'm sitting. I'm like, this you were is sitting? great. Yeah, it was great. Oh, well, that's I had luxury, to. I baby. had to. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big advocate for seats. More <laughs> seats. Uh, but we saw like Josh Wink, which was dope. Yeah. He's the man. And then we left. You're good. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm sitting, yeah. relaxing, and yeah. I still cannot stay up this late. Yeah. How late was it? We left at like 11.45, I think. Well, you would be in bed by one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was nice. But I mean, it's like I'm buying all these tickets and then kind of throwing money away. Not, It's not throwing money away because I love seeing like opening mm. and direct support. But I totally I'm not, understand. I'm not seeing. So I have to be real with myself. Like yeah. I'm supposed to go to Ben Sterling this Friday. Uh-huh. He was one of my favorite artists I interviewed at EDC. Is he at Spy? He's at Spy. Yeah. Well, you know he's going on at one thirty. I know. He's going to go off I'm at 3.30 a.m. I'm going to try my best. Good luck. I'm really going to try my best. So we'll you. See. So are you sober? No, low alcohol. Low I alcohol. call it, yeah. I like so, that. So, what does yeah. that mean exactly? Uh, it means something different for everyone, right? Like sure. you could be like, oh, I used to drink 16 drinks a week and now I'm eight. <laughs> I'm low alcohol. <laughs> so it's subjective, but I would yeah. say I have, like I, I say I have two to four drinks a month max. Okay. So Awesome. Yeah, and then sometimes I take like longer breaks just sure. for, you know, 
whatever mm-hmm. it's been a game changer like good for you. my life has changed and i really love like craft cocktails and i really love yeah. good wine so that's what i save it for so it's not that you don't like alcohol it's just the effects of it and the aftermath so to speak yeah yeah, yeah. the even if you don't get drunk or you don't even yeah. get tipsy there are still after you know there's oh, for sure there's there's effects it affects your mood it makes you more irritable it is it gives you anxiety you don't even realize <laughs> it was worth it uh, i don't know uh, it tastes that, good i guess so that was like kind of the thing for me i'm like is it worth it is this something i really really enjoy yeah. and i also don't hold myself to a crazy standard like we did a month-long euro trip in february mm-hmm. and we were in sicily and yeah, and, and venice yeah. and i had and i wasn't and some days i didn't yeah it's just mindful taking a mindful approach yeah and the more places that have mocktails, the better, because yeah. then I'm still like I feel connected. Yeah, I'm part of the group, but I don't have Good for to. you. Yeah, yeah. There's a movement about that, man. I mean, uh, Jake Short told me about this thing called sober curious. Yeah, it's like, kind of like the same, same thing. Yeah, very yeah. similar. We're like, yeah. I think a lot of people really don't want to drink, but it just. I just listened to a podcast. You heard of Dak Shepard, armchair mm-hmm. expert. Yeah. So he was an alcoholic. Yeah. And he was actually interviewing the chain smokers and he was like, like, how much partying do you guys do? Like, it must be really tough. Like when I quit, it took me two years to really get past that point because he was always within like 50 feet of alcohol. And yeah. He, honest to God, I was like 50 feet. I was like, fuck, I mean, I feel like I am for the most part. Like, yeah, it's all around you. It's such a big business, especially in entertainment. Yeah. And it's hard to sort of escape and like. I kind of, I think we all have a love-hate relationship with it, you know? Yeah, and it's what we center most of our activities around. Oh, you want to go grab a drink? Because there's really not a lot else to do, which is crazy. <laughs> there's like, a lot of businesses, like yeah, bars and restaurants right. that make their money off that. Right, and like, you know, it's different when you obviously need to be sober for certain reasons, sure. but it's cool that people are just changing their relationship with it. Yeah, And also, like, I, like, there was this bartender on TikTok or someone who worked in like the the alcohol industry who's getting into it with me and like arguing with me. He's like, this movement will never like sustain. I'm like, dude, like, first of all, it's a scarcity mindset. You thinking that because there's more people interested in being sober that that's like uh-huh. money taken away from you. You need to adapt. Yeah. And whatever industry, whatever place you work at, you establishment, start offering options because there's plenty of people who are not alcoholics mm-hmm. but want to drink less and they will go with their friends because there's an option for them. That is so true. It's not that people don't, it, just because you don't drink doesn't mean that you were an alcoholic or Right, like you can still, yeah. Like I really try to pick well first of all like I'm not the one dictating like oh we have to go somewhere because they have mocktails it's fine like I'm not gonna You're whatever cool. yeah whatever but works if, but if a place has mocktails it gets me really excited yeah. because even if I know I'm like oh I can have one drink and then I'll have a mocktail yep. or my biggest thing that I tell people who are yeah. like I Kai William him and I like yeah. have really like connected a lot too and he told me that like listening to my show has gotten him into trying this out and he said cool. one of his favorite tips that I gave was to start either start the night with a mocktail because mm-hmm. like that first drink is kind of the gateway drink. Yeah. Or if they don't have mocktails, give yourself an hour to an hour and a half to not drink when you first get to an establishment. <sighs> Exercise that self-control and then you decide. And if you decide you want to have one, that's fine because you just ate up an hour anyway. Yeah, it says a lot if you are just like. Yeah, right. And so that's you how you kind of test. Yeah. yeah. And and because it's such like a natural thing, like you're just like, oh, grab a drink first thing you do. And so if you can be somewhere in an really environment advice, Olivia, without it. Thank you. Yeah. This is all from trial and error. I mean, I, I 
tell people this all the time, like the reason why I got into it was because I got a nose job last year and my doctor was like, no drinking for four weeks before, four weeks after. So yeah. it was a force. You I was already forced. In, it was a forced break for two months. And I'm like, yeah. this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so good. I'm like, literally, I kept the break going on. I think I did five months before I touched another drink. Yeah. I think four, four or five months total. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately, you don't want to have to have a reason sometimes like that, but it is a no, great but it was reason. cool. It was cool. I, I mean, just try it. Like, I mean, you really, I'm all about not holding yourself to crazy standards. For it's sure. different if you have an issue. Obviously, I'm not going to speak to, to that, but like, yeah, just try, like try a night, try a weekend. Yeah. Don't like, don't beat yourself up. If it doesn't work, mm-hmm. try again the next day. I do like the mocktails. So like why I mentioned marijuana, like, um, we have like a, a weed juice, so to speak, or whatever. What is it called? Um, um, tonic. Okay, I just bought one recently. There's but one it's called been... Can too, though. C A N N. I don't know. It's we got this really cool looking bottle from the dispensary. It's yeah. a blue bottle, and uh-huh. it looks really fancy. But I'm so afraid to try. I bought it because I like. Well, the, bottle. the liquid will fuck you up. I'm he, telling the you. The edibles yeah. fuck. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Liquid even ha- have... hits you faster too. Yeah, it's. Bo- you know what? <laughs> The weed industry is bull. I miss Dude, the weed crazy. from college, yeah, same. where it like barely got you high. I miss There's no that. such Wh- thing as mids anymore. Yeah. No, why? I want mid- if anybody in Chicago has mids, please give it to sour me. Diesel. Like I'm, it's not, it's not cool. I don't want to get that fucked up. Anybody got bad weed? We got a buyer. I literally will be your number one customer. <laughs> I miss the bad weed days. I really do. It's it's insane how strong weed is these days. Yeah, I literally call flower hard weed. Yeah, it, it well, you know, pens really fuck me up. I can pens fuck you up too. Yeah, everything. That's a dab. You I know. know. Remember the fucking blowtorch? Oh yeah, and that used to be like a big That's deal if you a did pen. a dab. I know. Now That's why I was like, dude, no blowtorches. Yeah, I know. They made it handheld. Now someone's like, yeah, you got this in my pocket. I'm like, oh. I know. My dad likes weed a lot, and yeah. he has like I call it, like it looks like a garage door opener, like mm-hmm. his pen, <laughs> and he always tries to give it to me. And the one time that. I, like it was right before we went into a blues club and I'm yeah, like dad what did you just give me <laughs> I felt like I was like dosed like with like acid or something yeah dude and he always tries to get he tried to give it to me on my, on my fucking wedding day I was like get the fuck out of here I was like that is literally that is more dangerous than anything I've ever done yeah seriously it's it's crazy you'd probably be better off with coke than some of this shit yeah, well, not that either. That every <laughs> everything. I also don't trust anything out in the market. Yeah, anything. Like I have not so true done anything for many years because yeah, good. it is so sketchy. It People, hurts. It yeah. hurts like the next week. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too. Yeah, I and I, like as soon as I started learning about like fentanyl and all that serious stuff that like it's been years. Oh yeah, that was crazy. I just that is crazy. I'm not. I'm not trying to find, I'm too old. I also tell, yeah. I say this to my husband, like, I'm too old to try a new substance. <laughs> Done. You know fair. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, why would I? Why you, would you I? You've had your time. Yeah, this yeah. The, the, the experimenting days you. are over. Yeah. You know, and I really like, I run my own business and I want to be, back to why I don't dr- like drink as much. Like, yeah. I want to be an optimum health. For sure. You want to be the best Clear mind. You. Yeah. 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 Damn. Okay. Well, fuck. That was it honestly perfect you hear that people it's a lot a lot of you out there i know that that's true because every time i talk about this people always bring it up because there's a lot of people that are sober curious low alcohol and 
A lot of people have been affected by alcohol in negative ways too. Parents, loved ones, siblings, yeah. friends, whatever it is. Yep. But it's it can be so hard when they don't drink and you drink and you're trying to like yeah do things together and like you don't have to be an alcoholic to have a problem with alcohol i was an asshole when i was getting drunk all the time and i i quit like getting drunk before i went completely low alcohol like i had kind of like the slow descent into like where i am now or ascent since it's a positive thing but um I mean, I was really an asshole when I was drinking a lot. I was chaotic. I was erratic. Like, I mean, just like anybody was. But, like, I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't craving it all the time. Mm-hmm. But you really can not. Most people aren't good drunks, you know? Yep. And so yep. I really didn't like myself when I was getting that fucked up all the time. Me too. And I've changed. I've changed so much. Like, yeah. just become a better, chiller person. Freddie would laugh at that if he if he that. <laughs> he's like you chill yeah okay <laughs> I know what you mean though. yeah it yeah. really it really does alter like your personality for you know the effects like linger it does so I don't want to belabor the point but no no well, it is a cool I, w- I would love everybody to try it just to see yeah for sure I appreciate you sharing that I think it's something that people are definitely thinking about and now talking about a lot yeah more. Yeah, it's a movement. Everybody has a mocktail brand now. That's that's kind of yeah. like one of my pipe dreams is to either have one or invest in one. Nice. There's a lot that I love. I've been trying to get on Bethany Frankel's radar for a long time. Okay, I've heard of that. She has Bethany Frankel has a mocktail brand called Mingle, Mingle Mocktails. She's she's like my entrepreneur muse. She's kind of like controversial, but mm-hmm. in terms of business, like she's a badass, came yeah. from nothing sort of thing. Hell yeah. And um, that's like my my goal. Like, how can I? you know, either have my own thing. She's, she created skinny girl cocktails. If you remember that yes, that's from back right. in the day. Yeah. So she's, a, she's a very good businesswoman for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So, you know, that's kind of like yeah. my, that's my little soapbox. That's my, <laughs> one of my niches, I would say. You've got a lot of those. I do. Now, there's something I want to get your opinion on and to bring it back to like how much times have changed. So just to draw a parallel for you, and I know you're going to like this. DJs used to go to record stores, right? Mm-hmm. And they would listen to this, the records before buying it. They'd carry their crates to the shows. They'd color out the title on the record so that people didn't know what the record was. Uh, and other DJs couldn't ID it and fans and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. They'd promote their shows by hanging up flyers and through word of mouth. Yeah. Flash, flash forward today, DJs have almost completely transitioned to downloading music digitally, right? There are mm-hmm. vinyl DJs mm-hmm. and you know, the eight tracks of the world. Um, they bring their USB in a, park, a pocket. Fans can Shazam yes. um, to ID and people announce shows on social media. Yeah. In the digital world of journalism, you think about things like print media and newspapers. Mm-hmm. Where are we at now with it all and where do you think it's going to go? Uh, okay, so... Sort like not sore subject for me, but I know it is for I'm I'm in this group mm-hmm. called What's Your Plan B because I was actually doing a little bit of coaching for f- journalists wanting to get out of the business okay. and into new fields for a while, and What's Your Plan B is like a group of all um, print journalists who are just like I'm not exaggerating they're panicking about for this. Sure. I think that there will be like there's everything old becomes new again you know it's true but you have but print media is going to have to adapt yeah the problem with journalism in general now in any form is that citizen journalism journalism has become such a thing okay 
reporting on like uh, what are those apps that everybody has citizen right? yeah 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 the you know, lines have become so blurred and people don't trust reporters anymore and yeah. being a former journalist like I will say that it's not the boots on the ground journalists you have to worry about it's the powers that be that are serving advertisers yeah yes okay like they're the ones controlling the narrative and they're not controlling a narrative the narrative in a political way like people think Mm -hmm. it's like don't run that story on this car dealership doing sketchy shit because they buy a lot of ads and that's how you get paid okay so like it's the same thing with print people have short attention spans now Mm -hmm. there will always be a, a desire for it because of like the cool factor i mean look at like how gen z is like you know taking out digital cameras again that's true you know yeah yeah yeah. or like whatever like how we kind of did with polaroids we researched there's some new app that somebody just invited me to i forgot what it's called is it the one that makes it look everything like a digital camera and it like develops yes yeah my gen z friend has it too (laughs) i got um, invited by a gen z yeah she's i'm I'm taking her to spy bar on friday actually oh yeah so so like there's gonna be there's gonna be something that comes out of this, but they have to just figure out how, and they have to not attach themselves to a sinking ship. Like yeah. they have to adapt. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but there's something. There's yeah. something out there. There yeah. would be, you know, print journalism is cool. Like there's something cool about like my dad when he like my dad does boxing. Like he does amateur boxing matches, and I've saved every article he's been in. You know, and we cool. frame it. Yeah, like that's something that you can't get from the digital world. You know, definitely, it's it's cool. To like, and that's what I mean by like with the DJ with like the vinyl record. You can feel it, right? Right. And there's something so authentic about that. Like I have my parents' records over there for like the original yeah. Michael Jackson, the Thriller, story. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. I yeah. like that. There's a little fucking scratch on some of the right. songs. You there's know what a I story, mean? and like. I, like, this is me, like, in my weird woo-woo shit, but, like, I think that, like, inanimate objects do carry energy. Yeah, me too. And, you know, like, you can feel something when you're around certain things, like... You Italian witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have, like, a little altar for my best friend that passed away in 2017. I have some of his little knickknacks, and, like, that's, awesome. that's like... You can't digitize that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And no, looking, you can't. Like, looking at a physical picture of him and I, like, moves me more than, like you know the one i have on my phone like yeah so totally agree there will always be a demand for it but it's going to have to it's going to have to change and people yeah. need to adapt their skills i mean that is why i got out of journalism because i yeah. not to say that oh i'm so smart whatever i definitely wasn't at like 27 when i got out of it but yeah. i was like this is a sinking ship mm-hmm. people aren't adapting wages aren't going up yeah. i need to do something else mm-hmm. and i'm still fortunately doing journalism just in a different way yeah yeah. Just like you are. For sure. I mean, in in your own way, it's like, that's why I said like the very beginning, like we are kind of journalists because like we're reporting in one way or another. Yeah. Like the truth, the real truth. Like we're having a conversation. There's no yeah. smoke and mirrors here. There's no advertisers. There's right. no, there's nothing other than you and I just trying to have a conversation. Absolutely. And I know that that like, I know that that's painful for people who went to J school to like, <laughs> I mean, I like, I. I really My wife like was a journalism major. She didn't do that shit. Yeah. Yep. It's it's uh because you don't need to. You don't need to go to like a four year. You don't need a four year degree to do it anymore. Yep. And I mean, a lot of industries like four year degrees are becoming dude useless. I could talk it's about that. Changing ever, completely. Ever. You just don't need it. No, you don't. And um, college is for learning social skills. Yeah. 
I, if you could call it like the social skills I had back then weren't great, but like, yes, college is, by the time you graduate, Finding knowledge Finding out who is, you are, meeting people. Sure. Yeah. How, making memories. It's the only time you can really kind of like, yeah. you know, just fuck around and face minor consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I, by the time you graduate, the, all industries have pushed, they're, they're well past. I mean, yeah. The, I'm sure it's the same for you. The cameras we practiced with in J school oh were like hunks of plastic and metal and then you get to the and then i was an mmj meaning mm-hmm. doing all my own camera work i mean yeah. i set up my own live shots as a journalist wow with a live it was called a live view backpack you plug it into the camera and you like put something in front to like focus the camera and then you make sure you stand in that spot and you're doing your own live shots <laughs> and like shit. that that equipment wasn't in j school i had to learn that on yeah. the job dude these these fucking black these are, magics these are really nice i was admiring it i had oh. to like go to a class i had to have a videographer friend like walk me through them i'm like dude i was rocking some fucking cannons you know yeah with batteries right, right, that right. i had to replace and shit yeah like, and i know it's so different Technology is just like whizzing past. I, that's, Especially in the video world too. I know. I know. And there's so many tools and things that like, yeah. man, getting my, my podcast just like the, the AV side set up, <laughs> I was ready to throw in the towel. Like I literally almost threw my mic out the window. Yeah. I love your setup though. I actually took a page out of your book, by the way. You oh, have a really? separate camera that records you, don't you? Yeah, like, what do you mean? Because, like, like, you do Zoom or something, right? Uh, Riverside, yeah. Riverside, yeah. Mm -hmm. I did Riverside for a little bit, actually. Um, But you're looking in the camera. You're looking at your computer camera, but it's recording you from another camera, is it not? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I tried that this week or last week. Did you like it? I'm going to see how it looks. All right, cool. What angle do you put it at, though? Because it's, like, pretty close. I literally looked at it when I was setting it up. Yeah. I I was sitting there, and I put it, like, right in front of me. Yeah, it's slightly above. It, It looks better, though. Do you even, think? Even if I'm not looking at it? Yeah, I think so for sure. All right, cool. And for a long time I was like, I don't want to show up the guests with a higher quality camera. Yeah. But also like, it's my fucking show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, at the end of the day, like it really is. There's an yeah. art to that. You put the guest on a pedestal. Yeah. It's about them, but at, at the end of the day, it's about you. I know. I Like I need to be the one who like. Yeah. It's my show. Like. You're the host. You know right. What I mean? Oh, yeah. And I'm vain as fuck. Like, let me tell you. Like, if I, my brother has tried to, like, adjust. He's like, you should do this cool lighting. And I'm like, no. Like, I want a ring light right on my face. Yes. Like, you know. So I, knew I, really, you I knew you wouldn't I knew you wouldn't I really these. appreciate this because I know that it's going to look good, you know. It will look yeah, good. Absolutely. I, at, at the end of the day, like, I'm trying. Especially, like, you know, not not to get into, like, gender politics, but as a woman, it's like, I need to make sure that my Absolutely. shit is on point because, unfortunately, more people will listen to me that way. <laughs> so as long as everything, like, looks good. It does. It, it helps. It helps. And people care about, like, the professional quality of the oh, show, too. Yeah. You could have, like, have great questions, great guests, but if your show looks like shit, it's distracting. It really is. Like, I had to make sure, like, I got my mic down right, like, like the sound, everything. Mm-hmm. Because... Don't put out garbage, you know? No, you have to have high quality. There's so much competition. If you put out garbage, like, you're just wasting everybody's time. It has to be high quality, everything. And that's why, like, I have three of these cameras. And when There's I, three like, of them? I, um, no, only two here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally hired a podcast consultant to, like, during lockdown, I was like, hey, I'm trying to upgrade my setup. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was having one of my friends literally, like, record the interviews and like change the fucking batteries on these cannons wow because like this like the investment that i put into it was like ten thousand dollars 
and it shows. And but exactly. And it's very important that you say that. Like anybody who wants to start something, you have to invest. You have to. Like it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be ten grand sure. right off the bat. But no. as your show grows, you invest more. I had done like I did that after five years, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I need like I'm half assing it. I know I'm half assing yeah. it and it's starting to bother me. Right. I'm just gonna invest and this is gonna like I asked him, I was like I need this to last me like a good amount of time. Yeah. He was like, look, here are the levels. Like, I get it. You don't want to spend all that money, but I'm telling you, mm-hmm. your quality of content will be like so much better. Like the vinyl backdrop, va- backdrop I still have that. I'll have that forever. Um, but like, it just looked really good. I felt really good about it. Yeah. And when I did the interviews, I was like, this is a fucking podcast now. Right, you right. Know? And it like saves time in post-production too. Absolutely. When you don't have to like tweak a bunch of shit, you know? Nope. I try to give the best product I can to my editor. Sometimes I fall short if like something got. For sure. But you know, something even out of my control, but like. They can fix it usually. That's, yeah, they can. Right? I hate to do it to him, but he can. I know. But like as long as I'm like making sure I'm testing all my stuff. There's Absolutely. nothing worse than like starting an interview and then realizing something. Is, oh, like, dude, I got three record recording devices so going on right now. It's very smart. When I was a reporter, <laughs> I can't tell you because I was doing it by myself. Yeah, it's a lot and to remember. So, so like I can't tell how, how many times. I double recorded or whatever and then the whole interview just didn't exist oh, God. and I just wanted to like drive off a cliff <laughs> I drive off the cliffs of Iowa <laughs> and I was sometimes in, in the Iowa. middle of a question I'll ask yeah. a question and then the guests will start responding and I'm like is the camera recording yeah like, yeah is, you is double you like going on you second guess yourself yeah it's kind of hard to be present it it really is and so props to you for doing this yes like, I don't I, have to worry about much honestly yeah I mean it, I'm not afraid to say, like, we're literally in my second bedroom right now. Like, this is a comfortable place for me. Yeah. I literally didn't know that. I know. It looks so good. Don't you feel good in here? It's homey. It does. It's very homey. I'm proud of my accomplishments. I fucking put them on the wall. and As you should. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to continue to do the podcast. Like, when I made that decision, I was like, I'm really serious about this. I know other people aren't doing it. And like I said in the beginning, like, I felt like I was – ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. so I doubled down on the quality and the amount of content and I just got in this really solid rhythm where I was outsourcing I was putting out videos and that can be the double-edged sword about it because you invest money you invest time and you expect the output to be a million plays worth and a hundred comments and dms and sharing it it just doesn't happen it doesn't you know yeah and it takes time but like one thing I've noticed, and I know that you've done this for yourself. I mean, yeah. well establish yourself. The credibility that I'm getting and the the notice from like industry people. Oh yeah, dude. That's worth more to me than a hundred comments. Yeah. Like I I had a you know Destructo. Of course. His team reached out to me a couple weeks ago. No like, way. Can you be on the podcast. I'm like. Pfft. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, he can. And he was promoting something, like he's promoting his friendship cruise or whatever, which is fine. Like, we Uh, talked about a whole bunch of stuff. You already had it? Yeah. Yeah, it'll come out next week. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Like, and he's a legend. And and he said, he's like, I don't have that many social, I don't have as many as I should followers, but I don't give a shit. He's like, <laughs> he's like, all I care about is throwing dope events. And I like, yeah. he's an OG. Like, oh dude, he's got he, fucking Skrillex on there. I know. He's a, he's he a read, legend. I don't know. This was on his Wikipedia. It said that he came up with the name Electric Daisy Carnival and that's true. gave it to. So he's, like, he that's started so uh, cool. Hard Summer. Hard as Summer. Well. Yeah. His first event was um like Sunday Sermon, and it was like him and his friends doing weird shit in a warehouse. He started Holy Ship. Yeah. And now it's Friendship. 
Yep. So like that industry recognition and credibility and the friendships I'm starting Behind to develop. Behind the scenes, absolutely. That's what it's all about. It dude. really like it is hard. Like I would love like someday hopefully I have as many followers as you do. Yeah. But absolutely. I know it took you time. Long time. To do that. It's not sure. just one thing that pops off and all yeah. of a sudden you're big time. Like it is blood, sweat and tears. It is two hundred and twenty three three episodes yeah that's what it is. i love that i actually told my friends this a while ago he goes what's your goal in the music industry like do you want to have a lot of fans do you want to make you want to produce a grammy record and i was like dude honestly where i get the most joy out of it is when i'm like backstage with my friends or like i'm in the green room and i know everybody in there because of Sherman the Booth. Right. You know, and like I've had that experience so many times and it's amazing on the back end of the music industry because like I've always said this saying like there's a lot of people who do cut corners and backstab and cheat and do whatever and they're alone in the green room. And I want to be the person that is in the green the room. community. And, and, exactly. Yeah. Like behind the scenes because you can have a lot of fans and that's amazing and they come to your shows and that's great but like you are doing it for them. What are you doing it for you? Like the other people that are there with you, are you sharing this experience with them? Right. Right. That's what I love so much about hood politics is like everybody that's on the label is literally a friend of the label. Like, yeah. When we went to Amsterdam, you you can tell, dude, we're like, like, your videos are just like homies. Yeah. It's a love. It's a love fest. (laughs) And that's really so many hugs. Yeah. It's so cool to see like that humanizes like, I mean, you talk about a brand like that that really comes through in the brand like definitely you know and that's really that's really cool well that's like the meaning behind hood politics like susan started it because there were so many neighborhood politics about who has the best party and he was like there's too many hood politics here like i'm just gonna throw a party people come it's such a good name i love a good name it is a good name so like everybody's invited to our parties we don't care who you are like no matter how big or small everyone can be on the label as long as you're passionate about what you do and it's just it's it's hit me on a deep level. Yeah, these that's people really cool. that we meet, the people that make an impact, and when we meet them for the first time in person, they're like, like it happened multiple times in Amsterdam, it happened in Miami, it happens in Chicago, it happens when I go to other cities. I have people that really uh, like look up to me or respect me or are grateful for opportunities that I've given them for the label. Like this one guy from the Philippines came to Amsterdam, he came to our show. He goes, Sherm, what's up? I'm Devara. I go. You're fucking kidding me. You're kidding yeah. me, right? And we like hugged, we hung out. I played his song that he had on her politics so cool. at the party and he was just he was just lit up. That's so and he, cool. Like, That's like so he, personally like, introduced fulfilling. me to his girlfriend, his friend, all his friends. This is Sherm. He got me on Hood Politics. And I'm just like, man, like obviously I've made a difference in someone's life. It's so On fu- the other side of the world. Right. It's so fulfilling. It is. And that's like you can't buy that. Like no, you can't. A, fan, a fan is a f- fan, but when you can have that personal connection with somebody yep. like you can lay your head down at night and be like wow i did something absolutely and that's really cool thank you yeah that's why i'm feeling so good these days about it because i know that like it's so hard to do this on your own but if you have people that support you we're mm-hmm. a team mm-hmm. we're a family like we're gonna do this together yeah and we don't have to compete with other people if we just keep supporting each other 100 percent. and like you inviting me on this show like it's the community over competition sort Absolutely. of thing. Like just, just, just connecting with other people and knowing that there's space for everybody. Yep. Like you need to be on my show now. Yeah. If you do me the honor. Let's do it. My little baby budding show. Let's do like, it. I, I would love to have you. For sure. I'll have to think of some 
because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> but we, thankfully, we have, you know, you well, have you know you when you're your, in the other side of the chair, right? You've yes. been a great guest. Thank you. It's weird. Like, it's weird, but I told it's you. natural. I mean, we, we were friends. We knew each yeah, other before, yeah, yeah, so that course. helps. Right. Because I've definitely been in this spot, seat before, and it's been a little, like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. It's like, it's weird, you know? Yeah, of course. It's weird, but this is, this has been awesome. This has been so much fun. Please tell everybody where to find you on social media, by the way. Yeah. So at the Italian, witch. yeah, right. <laughs> I think that username is probably taken <laughs> probably. So elevated frequencies is the name of my podcast. Yes. You can find it on YouTube under that name yep. or on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then my name on Instagram and TikTok is just Olivia Mancuso two underscores and i post a lot of stuff on there yes you well. do i do this has been so much fun i'm ecstatic that we got to do this finally and again i just want to give you your roses your flowers you. like you deserve it obviously you're so talented and you're experienced and it's just really incredible for me to see somebody else especially in chicago like there's not a lot of other good podcasters out there yeah that are like committed to it. Like yeah. I know like you're already tired of 24, ep- 25 episodes, but you got to keep going, dude. I will. And thank you. I mean, you're the OG in this space. Like you've really paved the way. And I've had so many guests come on my show. Like truth and lies is one that comes oh to mind. Oh my God. I love those they're guys. Like, they like, like I'll mention you. It's like, Oh my God, I love Sherm. So that's like always really cool, you know, like <laughs> yeah. to have that connection. Like that's great. You're kind of like a little gateway for me to like establish some Use like, me. trust. Name I, drop I, have, me. I have without even asking you. So <laughs> thanks for letting me continue I to do it. I saw you interviewed them. They are some of my favorite guys in the industry. They're, they, they asked me to be direct support for their hometown headline show in New York in two weeks. No, are you gone? Oh yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. They were like, I'm good friends with uh, them and their manager, and their manager was like, bro, like, he's we, great, Mario. I, yes, I emailed with him. He's on top of his shit. He's the man. That's like a manager you want. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. He's a fucking New York hustler. Yeah. And he was like, bro, like we could give this to anybody, you know, like the show's gonna sell out. Like we don't, we don't need any help with that. But the boys love you. That's You're gonna so be cool. the perfect fit to go on right before them. Like, come out to New York. So cool. Let's crush you it. Give him, give him a hug for me. I, I will. I would love to meet them in person one day. Oh, they're great. I, I'm sure they'll come back here soon too, but yeah. Definitely. Next yeah. year's going to be a big year for I them. I think I'll have to find the clip. I think we talked about you for like a good three minutes. So <laughs> the Malorts and, you know. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the, maybe I should just not drink any alcohol except Malort. And then I'll that's slowly a, stop drinking. That's a strategy. Yeah. yeah, see it. Try it. Report back. Slowly stop. I just saw a video. I don't know why people send me this shit. It's so gross. They he dipped a uh, Al's Italian beef in Malort. Like oh my a deep, god! Like that's a dip disgusting. Beef. It was tough to watch. That's disgusting. People are like, "Do you like my Lord?" I'm like, "Nobody likes Malort." But it's. But we love to hate it. Yeah, and you definitely you like you ran with it. I did and, ran and with you, it, and you made some great content. And guess what? What? I'm DJing their 90th birthday party. Shut. That's <laughs> that's fucking. It amazing. is the that's pinnacle amazing. of Chicago DJ. I, like literally, you can't. What are you gonna do after that? You have to retire. I don't know. It's on a Monday night with the best dive bars in Chicago. You have like, to retire. This, I do have to retire. You need an intern, by the way. I do need, you need an, intern. an intern to get all that extra content for you because I know you're killing it like on your own. It's a lot. But an intern could learn a lot from you. For sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. I try and I try and provide my wisdom whenever I can, especially through the podcast. Yeah. But like that you could also get like the free help too. Yeah. Well, free whatever. I had an intern when we had rooftop drops and she got college credit. Yeah. And I remember I got, that actually. I just was her reference for a job and she got a job. What was I her think. name again? Alyssa. That's right. I remember her. She was great. 
she was great, and she le- she learned a lot. Now I think Dude, she's working for drops. a school for a school district. But wow. oh yeah, rooftop drops. Yeah, my first parlay into entrepreneur life. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks. I mean, you played. That's how we met. Yeah, that was that how, we, how met. we met. You and and all the boys you at came the and music played. garage. No, of uh, 2112 Fort Knox. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not the music garage yeah. at Fort Knox. Yeah. And then I also did one for uh, holiday fundraiser. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one where I met you. That and we we raised a good that amount a, of money. That was a blast. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I remember actually. I made a little video around the Christmas tree for it. You did that. That was probably our highest viewed <laughs> video. So thank you. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a big help. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Damn, we have. I, for, I forgot about all the intersections we've had in our our lives. Yep. Wow. I okay. Know. Well, let's hang out more. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, great. Well, Olivia, Thank thanks you. for coming on the Sherm in the booth. You guys got to make sure you follow her. She's incredible. And uh, again, congrats to you and everything. Keep going, Thank girl. You. Thank you so much.